It is five o'clock somewhere and you've tuned in to episode 19 of BRC. For those of you who'd like to watch this episode, it's available on our website, YouTube, and Spotify. Today in our Tales from the Still segment, I speak with Alex Cunningham about slain Irish whiskey and the estate it is made on. But first, we'll take a peek inside the Dram Diaries. Stay with us. Like what you've seen on BRC? Want to see more? Experience more? And maybe even taste more? Then head over to our Kofi site and become a member of the Barrel Room Parlor. By choosing the Copper Level membership, you'll have exclusive access to videos related to topics discussed on the podcast and blog posts for members only. As an Amber member level, you'll enjoy everything from our Copper Level as well as various spin-off series including The Cutting Room Floor and Kindred Spirits. In addition, the Amber membership includes exclusive discounts to live in-person events. To join, visit www.barrelroomchronicles.com and click on Become a Member in the navigation bar. Or go straight to our Kofi site at ko-fi.com slash brc and click on the membership link. Once you've joined, you'll have access to everything your chosen level has to offer. You'll even be able to participate with the show by commenting on videos and other posts. Don't wait. Sign up today for exclusive content and event discounts in the Barrel Room Parlor. Slane Castle has been in the Cunningham family since it was built in the late 18th century on land first purchased in 1703 by Brigadier General Henry Cunningham. The castle is located in Boyne Valley of County Meath, Ireland, within the village of Slane. In its existing form, Slane Castle was constructed under the direction of William Burton Cunningham and his nephew, the first Marquis Cunningham. The reconstruction dates back to 1785 and was principally the work of James Gandon, James Watt, and Francis Johnston. Originally a Scottish Protestant family, the Cunninghams came to Ireland in 1611 during the plantation of Ulster in County Donegal. Upon arrival, the family took control over lands around the village in the south of County Donegal. At the time, the head of the family was Charles Cunningham, who renamed the village in his own honor as Mount Charles. In more recent years, the castle has held the Slane Festival within its walls, making it an internationally recognized music venue. Making the castle a music venue was the brainchild of the current owner, Henry Cunningham, also known as the 8th Marquis Cunningham. Up next, we speak to Lord Cunningham's oldest son, Alex, the Earl of Mount Charles, in this week's Tales from the Still. To learn more about the history of Slane Castle, visit our website for today's show notes. Stay with us. There's nothing better than the smell of coffee in the morning. What if you could enjoy a coffee subscription of fresh, roasted specialty coffee while making a difference in the lives of farmers that grow it? What if you also had access to a virtual coffee community of other coffee lovers and the coffee farmer and roaster? That's all part of the Farm to Cup Coffee Club subscription at Unleashed Coffee. Subscribe today. UnleashedCoffee.com Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or whatever time you're listening or watching to this episode. Today on the show, we have Alex Cunningham from Slane Whiskey in Ireland. He's coming all the way to us from Ireland, I believe. Yes? Yep. I am from right today? now uh, sitting in Slane Distillery in my office here. Fantastic. It's a beautiful office. I love the woodwork. 
So today on the show, we have Alex, who's going to talk to us about Slain Whiskey. Um, I recently was in Ireland for um, season two. So coming up, if you haven't already started hearing, I'm going to be in Ireland for season two. And we were not able to make it up to Slain. So Alex so generously offered to uh, come on for this season and talk about the Slain Whiskey and the special edition Slain Whiskey. But before we talk about the whiskey, Alex, let's talk about you. I always start the show by asking about your whiskey history and your whiskey journey, rather. And how did you get from uh, to here from a wee little lad? Did you ever think that you would be owning or operating or running a whiskey company? And did you, uh, did you was that something that your family also was into? Tell me about that. So yeah, it has been, it's been a slightly quirky journey. Um, so I live in a beautiful property called Slane Castle, which is our family home, which is a couple of hundred yards behind me. And that's been the family home since 1703. And, you know, the family um, has tried very hard over the generations to hold on to the property, preserve it for future generations. And my dad was faced with that, um, that uh, challenge back in the 70s and uh, Ireland was in a difficult place back then because amongst other things we had the troubles going on so in 1981 in the middle of the hunger strikes which was a particularly kind of fraught time for Ireland he had a crazy idea which was to put on a rock concert in the back garden um, at the height of the troubles and uh, everyone was very concerned that there was uh, that this was a, a security risk but he believes in the power of music bringing people together so he put on the concert and a band called Thin Lizzy with a headline and a little known band just starting out called U2, one of the support acts. And nice. about 20,000 people arrived into our front garden in 1981. I was six oh years old for that show. So dad, uh, Henry, has since been doing gigs for over 40 years. And that built up, if you like, brand awareness around Slane. And we then decided in around 2008, 2009, that we needed another uh, another bow in our arsenal, if you like, uh, in order to diversify the income that's needed to sustain this amazing uh, estate and its architectural natural heritage. So uh, dad suggested whiskey, and that made sense because my own whiskey journey uh, started back in uh, 1999, 2000. I actually ended up being a brand ambassador uh, for the leading Irish whiskey brand, um, doesn't take, uh, most people know what that is, but uh, uh, <laughs> so I got a job uh, starting in Dublin and I was posted in Australia and I uh, got the job of being an ambassador for what was then really starting to take off uh, as a brand and of course as a category. Uh, so that's when I learned about the kind of uh, the, the consuming and the selling of whiskey uh, and I love that brand ambassador job. And that kind of planted a seed in my head and certainly in dad's. But when it came then a few years later to 2008 and we wanted to attach the slain brands to something here, we looked at the resources that we had and we're a farming family. So we actually grow cereals here and have done for hundreds of years, uh, including barley, which is now the primary ingredient or <coughs> for slain distillery. And then we have the River Boyne that flows through the estate and that uh, for a long time uh, has been a water source for distilleries because it has a little bit of minerality in it, which is really important for the yeast and the fermentation. And then this amazing collection of buildings that I'm sitting in right now, which was the old farm buildings, and that's where we've actually built the distillery. So um, nice. 
all of that tied together, but ultimately it's about doing something that you love, using the resources that you have, uh, and of course, tying in with music and whiskey and music go, go very well together. So it's really allowed yeah. us to extend the brand that dad started building. Um, and now we're selling slain whiskey around the world, including of course to America. Right. Yeah. I've seen it on the shelves for a while. I've, I've had it quite a few times. Um, and I appreciate the price point on it for sure. Um, <clears throat> which is why I was able to try it when I tried it. So back when I got it, I was like, Oh, is this on sale? I don't know. Um, but the price point is great. And I think it's a, a fantastic whiskey. Um, so tell me, how do you do your, did you, did you start since you have the property already, did you start by putting everything in barrels yourself or did you source it first or how did you get the, the company going? Uh, so we, we sourced initially. Um, so we were lucky enough to partner with Brand Foreman, uh, who obviously own great whiskey brands like Jack Daniels and Woodford Reserve, Old Forester. That happened in 2015. And, and that basically meant that we could now realize the dream, which was build a distillery that I had designed with, with my own team. At that point, we then sourced whiskey from other distilleries uh, because Irish whiskey takes three years, four years if it's going into the US. Um, so we sourced uh, liquid that had already been in American barrels, which is how a lot of Irish and Scotch is matured. And we could have just created a blend out of the molten grain we had purchased, but we decided that we wanted to put our own stamp on it. So rather than just putting the blend out to market, we did a secondary extended maturation in Slane. Uh, and that is where this notion of triple cast uh, came into being. Um, so Slane uses three different barrels at the same time, and then we blend it together. And as our own distillates uh, from our own distillery start to mature, we will start to phase in our own liquid and substitute what we source from others. That's awesome. Um, so did you source from one particular place or did you source from many other distilleries? Uh, so... You know, being honest, there, there weren't too many options uh, to go to back in 2015. So it doesn't take, uh, doesn't, it's not too hard to figure that out, but um, contractually, right, right. Uh, we, we don't reveal that. But what I would say is the whiskey that we purchased was, was good quality to start with. So we had great building blocks to work with, um, but the three barrels that we chose to do this secondary maturation, triple casking is really what gives slain its flavor profile and you mentioned earlier you know hopefully our ambition really with this brand was to if we could over deliver on flavor for the price point that's really what i wanted to do i love my irish whiskey i i enjoy consuming them and i find that they're it's a very approachable category but that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you can't you know you can't deliver lots of flavor and so we right. are perhaps a little bit more flavor forward than, than some of the other blends and that's deliberate that's great. So do you now, now that you have the, you have the distillery built on the castle property, do you have the, the copper pots and everything or are you using, what kind of stills are you using? So we're unusual in that we actually make three types of whiskey in the one distillery. So we've got three copper okay. pot stills for triple distillation. Okay. And in those, we make a triple distilled malt whiskey, uh, which can either be a standalone single malt or we can use it for blending. Um, uh, we also make a triple distilled pot still whiskey, which is really the kind of yep. definitive native Irish style. And that introduction right. of the unmalted barley, which we grow right here on our own land, um, makes a very exciting category. And I think this is where the future of Irish whiskey is going to get very exciting over the next decade. So we make that type of whiskey. 
And then last but not least, we also have column stills. Uh, so we make grain whiskey through continuous distillation here as well. And unusually, we're using unmalted barley on that mash bill as well. Uh, and that's going to create a very interesting single grain whiskey. And again, that can either be a standalone product or it can be potentially used for blending. That's great. And do you have any of those um, expressions out that aren't at part of the core? I mean, do you have, besides this one, do you have any other core so, that we just need? Uh, so they are, they are coming along nicely. But uh, if there's one thing, unfortunately, you need in this business, it's patience. And uh, you just can't rush it. So uh, I recently, uh, for example, sampled some of the very first malt that we laid down, which is over four years ago now. And it's coming along really nicely. There's great depth and character, but uh, we just don't think it's ready yet. And it's very important to uh, to wait until we believe it's it's ready. We don't want to release stuff just for the sake of releasing it. Right, right. Now, is your um, property big enough to also house your barrels aging? Uh, so we are in the Boyne Valley, um, and. Okay. That is a very sensitive landscape. So Slane Castle is a protected monument. The distillery itself, uh, those buildings uh, are on the national list of protected structures. So um, the uh, up just up the river is also a World Heritage Site. So the reason I'm saying that is that trying to build large warehouses in this landscape is, is a real challenge. So at the moment, right. we don't have warehousing on site. But it's not that far away. It's about 30 miles away from here. So from a climatic okay. point of view, very similar to here. I would love to bring them uh, onto our own land. However, that's that's going to be a planning challenge. Um, but, uh, right. and it, uh, you know, we we, do, we like to try and do things differently. I can promise you this. If we do ever build warehouses, they will uh, they will have a very different ecological footprint to, to other warehouses that you would typically see because that's very important to everything we do. Would it kind of look like a castle perhaps? <laughs> well, yeah, I actually, um, uh, I don't know if I'd be building another castle. It's hard enough to sustain the one we have. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'd like to look at ecological building materials, for example, uh, not kind of steel and concrete. I'd, I'd like to look at a different approach to that. Um, I'm interested in sustainable building techniques. And, and amongst other things here on the farm, we've got the largest straw bale building in Ireland, which is actually built out of barley straw and it's now a six bedroom guest house. So, um, oh, wow. Yeah. So we, we do lots of, uh, lots of kind of ecological environmental initiatives on, on the, on the farm and in the distillery. That's, that's kind of an important part of who we are. That's great. And how, how big is the estate? It is 1,500 acres. So by Texan standards, probably not very big, but by Irish standards, that's, um, you know, yeah, we're incredibly sounds, lucky. To, sounds good to me. Oh, it's no, bigger it is. than my 1,500 <laughs> Yeah, and we're very lucky to have it. Uh, and, you know, us as a family, you know, we see really our role as custodians uh, rather than owners. We're, we're here to look after it, not just for the next generation of my family, but, but for the wider public at, at large. And, and part okay. of our future is actually uh, sharing it with, with other people and, and obviously employing people in, in the process. Now, I don't know the, the rules for castle ownership in uh, Ireland, but it, are you guys, are you the lord of the castle or is your dad the lord of the castle? <laughs> Technically, yes. Uh, okay. So officially, my title would be Earl of Mount Charles. Um, nice. Uh, yeah. I would totally so. use that. You should totally use that. <laughs> 
but just Alex and fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell everybody that I talked to an Earl today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe it's time to, to taste this. Let's just taste the original, the, the first one out. And then, um, then there's another one. And is this one, the special edition, is this one going to be available in the U.S.? And I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, yes, it is. It's available on a, on a limited basis, as, as the name kind of suggests. So, um, yes, it is. Like any good retailer in the U.S. Now, the stock is, is fairly limited, but there are there is still stock out there. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, I just poured myself some of the original triple distilled. Excellent. Well, as they say, here's one I prepared earlier. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to join you in that. So in Ireland, we say slauncher. So... Uh, um, it's a beautiful golden color. I love it. It's got some nice legs on it too. All right. It does. So it's, um, I'll, I'll let you uh, have a sip. I mean, on the nose, the thing that always hits me with, with Slane and, and that's um, really down to the first barrel is you're going to get a kind of sweet aromatic nose, but, but vanilla is probably yeah. one of the notes that hits hardest. Now that's down because one of the really exciting things about being um, part of Brown Forman now is that they have their own cooperages that the only whiskey company in the world that make their own barrels. And of course, that was a logical place to start was to use a barrel right. that comes straight out of the cooperage. So it's actually a virgin American oak. So it hasn't you know, been used to make anything else. This is brand new and it's uh, very heavily toasted. And when you cook the wood rather than char it, it, it it basically caramelizes those wood sugars, releases manolins, and that, and that becomes vanilla. So you get this lovely hit of vanilla on, on the nose, and, and that's yeah. that, that comes across really strongly. So, so you used brand new barrels for these. That's awesome. I didn't know that. For, for the first one, yeah. yeah. And uh, okay. I was a bit nervous about using it because I didn't really have much experience of working with new wood, uh, which is quite aggressive. Um, so it was all wood initially, but, but after about six months or so, it started to mellow out and and the tannins sort of, you know, die down and the vanilla started to come through. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful flavor. It's, it's very, um, it's very approachable, first of all. Yeah. So on, on the palate is really when, um, when some of the others start to come out. So the, the yeah. second barrel also comes from Brown Fullman. So it is American. Um, what's interesting about this one is, um, American whiskey, as, as you would well know, you can only use barrels. They have to be new wood. So you can't right. reuse barrels. Now that is massively beneficial to us here in Ireland because we're very grateful for that and very happy to use those barrels. I think it's so terribly the American, yeah, the American whiskey industry sends an enormous number of barrels over to Ireland and Scotland and into rum distilleries and everything else. But, uh, so mm -hmm. um, when you're buying from the likes of Brown Foreman, uh, they make lots of different whiskies. So you don't actually know what specific whiskey has been in the barrel that you've acquired. Now, because we're part of Brown Foreman, we were able to not take from general inventory, but just focus on one. And the one that we use is actually a Tennessee whiskey barrel, or Jack Daniels. And nice. that allowed us to focus on the flavor notes that, that barrel uh, would deliver. And what we really wanted was to deepen the sweet notes. So kind of move away from like the light clear honey end of the spectrum and more into demerara sugar and butterscotch. And I think that's what this barrel does. Yes, there's definitely some butterscotch on this. That's beautiful. Now there's another note in there, which I, which I like, and I think it's in, 
I think it's in Jack, and I think it's carried over really nicely. And it's a, it's a, a almost a ripe uh, banana note. So yes. like a, so baked banana, you know, when you put them in the oven, or, or almost a kind of brown banana. And that's why slain actually, I think, works very well in uh, things like tiki drinks. Uh, that tropical note uh, is a fun one to play with daiquiris, things like that. So that versatility that comes from that Tennessee whiskey cask is really important. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's got a, a hint of spice, like right in the middle. So, yes, like, you're right. right. Now, so the spice is an interesting one because I think the spice, it's in the middle, but there's also kind of a dryness and spiciness there on the finish. Now, mm -hmm. the spiciness is a combination of the toasted oak kind of wood spice that comes from the virgin oak. But actually, that last barrel, the last barrel is not American because if we'd used three American barrels, we would have ended up with an Irish that probably just tasted a bit too like an American. So <laughs> we wanted to kind of balance against that. Um, and so um, uh, the guy who actually got me into Irish whiskey was my granddad. He's, he's sadly not around anymore, but he was a lovely man and and enjoyed his uh, Irish whiskey with me. And uh, he loved his Irish whiskey, so it had a sherry cask influence. And so Perfect. that's where we decided to go for the third barrel. Uh, so we went to Jerez and we sourced these barrels uh, from there and that Oloroso sherry cask seasoned with the sherry for a full two years. So all of that flavor is now soaked into the wood and then it carries over. Now bear in mind that the barrel has to have a little bit of liquid left in it to keep it hydrated on its journey and we yeah. don't waste anything in slaying. We actually pour in on top and so anything that's in there is going to mix. So the spice note you were talking about, I would say it's a it's a lovely kind of brown spice, like baking spice, almost like a clove or a nutmeggy note. Yeah. And it's very and spicy, that, like a, yeah. like a spice spice, not like a hot spice, but a exactly like a Christmas yeah. spice. Yes, Christmas spice. There you go. So, and that is actually coming from that sherry cask, and it, it just gives it a really lovely finish. And there's a, a slight kind of pleasant dryness there as well. So, a long lingering finish is very important because, of course, that's what makes you hopefully want to go back for another sip. So exactly. So, slain is actually three quite different whiskies then blended together. So the triple casting process, the crucial thing is it's done separately. It's not done sequentially. Okay, I was going to ask if you put it, some in each barrel and then and then uh, blended it together for you, or if you put it all in one and then moved it and then moved it again. Yeah, so so the latter would be sequential and obviously the, the, the former is, is separate. Now, mm -hmm. if you imagine kind of in musical terms, if you're sitting at the music class, the advantage of doing it separately means you can then choose to dial up or dial down the volume of right. the flavor notes from each particular barrel and good music and good whiskey is all about balance so it's getting these different flavor notes to balance and we to be honest it was a lot of fun making it but we made a lot of different blends before we landed on the right proportions uh, of, of putting that together um, but ultimately the the intention really was to create what, what i would perhaps call a good session whiskey and, and by that i mean you know one that's very uh, approachable easy to drink, affordable, but plenty of flavor going on uh, and suitable for, you know, sharing with friends or quite frankly, drinking any way you, you want to. This is a whiskey that's designed to be fun and play with. And, you know, it's not designed to be too serious, but just, you know, good tasting, easy drinking whiskey. So, so let me ask, do you do the blending on this or do you have a blender, master blender, or are you so, part of a team um, that, that picks it so, up? 
Yeah, so I helped put this together with with a team here in Slane, and then uh, we had people, folks from Brown Foreman as well. But but the day to day blending now, uh, and indeed all of the distillery operations are overseen by our master distiller, uh, who is the very talented Doctor Garo Cahill. Uh, his doctorate oh, nice. is in is in yeast, so uh, that's very helpful for the for oh, brewing. Yes. But he's also interestingly, he's actually a master brewer as well. So um, he's a double master. So Garode and his yeah Garode and his team oversee uh, oversee the um, the blending process, but it's basically sticking to the formula, if you like, that we came up with uh, originally. Right. And how long has he been uh, with you guys? Uh, Garode's been with us a couple of years now, um, probably a bit more. Time flies, um, nice. but uh, we're very lucky to have him. And what he his uh, background in, in brewing. Uh, has made a big difference in terms of both improving uh, yield, but more importantly, improving uh, the quality of the brews that we get. Of course, that's the first stage of of, uh, of the process uh, before, well, the very important process before you get to the actual distilling. If you can make a right. good a good distiller's beer, then that's only going to improve the quality of your distillate. Uh, right. So he's been a great addition to the team. Awesome. All right, I think it's time to talk about your special edition here. Tell me about this. Yes. So, it open. so um, the special edition, uh, it was really released because um, the first Slain concert um, was back in 1981. And so in 2021, it would have been our 40th anniversary. Uh, and we had planned to do a big commemoration concert and with lots of stars and all the rest. But of course, unfortunately, we were in the Miss pandemic, so we we couldn't do that. And for Dad in particular, I didn't want that occasion to go unmarked. So we, because we do the cast separately, we realised that maybe we could tweak the proportions uh, in the blend to effectively create a different spin on the blend. And that's what the special edition is. So what we did is we increased the proportion of the Virgin American Oak. So we basically okay. turned that cask up to 11. And in order to deliver the hit of wood, particularly that toasted oak note on the finish and that kind of slightly sweeter vanilla kick, we actually raised the ABV. So we took it up to uh, 90 proof or over here, 45 uh, nice. by volume. And of course, 45 is the musical format. 45 RPM is the format that changed the music industry. So we thought it was a nice nod to that. But that more importantly... Good. The slightly higher ABV delivers, you know, a bigger, a bigger hit of wood oh, and sweetness. Wow. So it just packs a little bit more of a punch. Yes, it's a. I'm going to say it's 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 a more mature flavor. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's got a nice spice. It's also got a baking spice, but it's also got. Hmm. You get that toasted oak hit though. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's got it's a very it's got a very a nice cereal uh, taste to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this is lovely. I'm going to have to buy more bottles before it yeah. disappears. And do you think it's something that you guys might be able to uh, recreate later, or is it the stock is the stock and that's it? This was a once-off for that deliberate occasion. Uh, it's It's gone well, and, and people seem to have warmed to it. Um, we uh, we have looked at doing other, uh, other spins, you know, those relationships between three cars, so we currently have um, one in travel retail and GTR market, which is extra sherry. Oh, so nice. we basically, <laughs> we increase the proportion of sherry rather than the virgin. 
It's actually a surprisingly different whiskey. Um, oh, but the Virgin was was the once off. Um, but you know, there are, there is obviously the opportunity to maybe do other ones in, in the future. But this one was a, a once off limited edition with a special label and everything. And we wanted to make this an affordable special edition. I mean, this is not an ultra premium whiskey or anything. It's, it's still a very affordable blend, and, uh, um, despite the fact that it's, it's high, slightly higher ABV. That's great. No, I love it. It's fantastic. <clears throat> so how many, um, how many expressions do you have out on the market altogether worldwide? Like how many do you have? Worldwide. Already in so yeah. uh, we currently have, it's not that many, so I can list them off. So we have the Slain Triple Cast, which is our core. We have yep. the Slain Special Edition, which is the one you've just tasted, which is available in, okay. in the US. Uh, we then have the Slain Extra Sherry Wood, which is a travel retail exclusive currently. Uh, and then the last one is a uh, is a batch proof uh, version oh. of the blend, which is only available currently at the distillery. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is basically the blend uncut. So uh, our cast strength typically varies between around 62 to 64, 65% alcohol. Okay. Uh, and so it's obviously reduced down to 80 proof for for bottling, but we recognized, uh, it actually came out of the distillery just by, because each batch has to be obviously tested and we recognized right. that this liquid was actually pretty good uncut. So we hive off a little bit of that and we release that as a batch proof at the distillery. So it's just, uh, nice. it's, a, it's a very, you know, pleasantly intense version of, of the slain core blend. That's awesome. And then you said that you've already you, you were telling about the grains and the different things that you're distilling right now. So right now with everything that you've already distilled that you've put in warehouses, what is the potential with your current stock of how many different expressions? So you will see in the future, you're going to see a, um, a single pot still, uh, from slaying. You're going to see a single malt, uh, you will see a single estate malt, which is from barley the entirely that we've grown right here on our own land. And then um, I think the kind of sleeper in the mix is the single grain, uh, which is made from this all barley mash bill and our column stills. Uh, so we will definitely do all of those. And then I think it uh, it's natural that we will also produce um, uh, different blends, uh, because that was always my intention because we make all three different styles that so we'll be able to release, uh, a variety, a variety of different blends over time. So I think That's over the great. coming decade, you're going to see obviously our portfolio get wider. Uh, we will play in, in the higher end of the market, but you know, we want to stay very true to what we started with, which is, which is our core blend that, that will remain, you know, our, our, our main focus really. That's great. So tell me a little bit more about the property in the castle. So the castle has been in your family for generations and generations. Um, and I, you know, and, and this may be a little corny, but from watching Downton Abbey, I know that uh, keeping castles open uh, has become more and more of a challenge, which it sounds like it kind of did for you guys, which is why we went with the distillery. So do you also do things um, where, I, and I know it's the house, so I don't know if you guys all live in there and if you give tours of the place or if you give tours of part of the place. And then if you do do tours at the, at the castle, do you also include tours of the distillery in that tour? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've recognized that, you know, a sustainable part of our future is by opening up. So yes, it is my home. I, 
live there uh, with my family. Uh, but the house is, castle is also open for tours. Uh, you can even get married here. Um, oh, nice. So, and then we do the gigs and we do a whole slew of different events, you know, throughout the year. Um, so that is the castle and anyone who wants further information, you can just go to uh, slaincastle.ie and you'll get a load of information there. And then the distillery is absolutely open for tours. It was designed to give people uh, an interactive, immersive experience of whiskey making. Uh, so uh, that was designed uh, with that in mind. And again, slainirishwhiskey.com uh, will give you all the details. You can see how to book a distillery tour. So we're a little unique in Ireland in that you can basically visit a castle and a distillery on the same site. And you can even stay here. We actually have a glamping site uh, across the river, nice. uh, which is uh, run by my wife, Karina, and that's a sustainable organic farm. We we rear our own cattle and pigs and grow veggies and everything else. So wow. there's enough to, there's enough to keep you here for a while. And that, that, that is available at rockfarmslane.ie. Oh, so, I'm so bummed we didn't get to get, didn't get to hang out when I was there. Well, well I'll just have to we're, we're, we're not going anywhere. I, so we'll I just have, have to get you next time. On, I have a credit on Aer Lingus, So we'll talk some more. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, we'd, we'd, we'd be very happy to welcome you here. Now there's a lot to do in Slane and in the Boyne Valley in general. Um, and, you know, we're only 30 minutes from Dublin Airport. So, you know, we can either be your first or last stop in Ireland. Um, right. And, yeah, well, no, the thing I love about Ireland region. is it's it's a beautiful, beautiful country, but it's small enough to where, I mean, we, we went from Dingle to Belfast, you know, I mean, that, I think we, we spent the night in Kinsale and then we went up and it, you know, it wasn't, we still had daylight. So I was yeah. like, this is great. Like, I mean, I feel like it's about probably the same length as California because when I drive from Southern California to Northern California, oh, it's, 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 it, it, it's less, it's, it's similar to the slide, the size of Ireland, similar to the state of Kentucky. So if you think of the Kentucky bourbon oh, wow. trail and that's all in one stage, that's the Island of Ireland. So, you know, you can, you can do a lot here. It takes kind of five hours. You would go from one extreme to the other. So. Um, there's a lot to do on, on this beautiful little island. So, um, you know, it, it is, and you mentioned Dingle and Kinsale, both cracking locations, uh, but don't it's forget beautiful. about Slane now. It's a, it's no, a, it's a, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great time. little village. And, and the Boyne Valley is, uh, you know, me, that's called the Royal County because this is where the high Kings of Ireland, uh, resided. And there's, there's history here going back thousands of years. So how many generations of your family are currently living in the castle? Uh, at the moment, it's, uh, it's just, it's just two. So it's, uh, myself and my wife, Karina and my kids. And my dad is, uh, is still very much around, but he lives in a different house, uh, on, on the farm. Uh, okay. so I'm, I'm, I'm the one currently occupying the castle. So he's passed the castle down to you. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to keep it going, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, I guess he he uh, he felt the time was right, and you know to to let that happen. So that's awesome, Earl Cunningham. No, wait, what's your Earl of what now? You said it was it wasn't uh, Earl of Slane. Uh, it was Earl of Mount Charles, which is actually a little village up in uh, in County Donegal in the northwest of Ireland. Um, nice. So the family name is Cunningham, and then Mount Charles is one of the titles in the family. Very cool. Very cool. 
Well, thank you so much for uh, getting a, getting to talk to me today um, because I was really sad that we couldn't make it to your castle when we were there. But <clears throat> next time I go, I'm going to definitely make sure it happens because the, it's just, it just sounds so beautiful. So thank you, Alex. And um, I look forward to interviewing again in the future to see where things are going. Excellent. My absolute pleasure. Lovely talking to you. That does it for today's show. To read notes on this episode or learn more about our guests, please visit BarrelRoomChronicles.com. Want to interact with the show or have questions for our guests? Then ask them on our socials or send us an email through our website. Or better yet, leave us a voicemail on our anchor page and your recording might be played in our new Speakeasy segment. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. If you really liked it and you want to show your support, buy us a whiskey through our Kofi site at ko-fi.com slash BRC or become an exclusive member of the Barrel Room Parlor, where you'll get exclusive content not seen anywhere else. If you work in the whiskey or spirits industry or just have a deep passion for whiskey and want to share your spirits journey, register to be a guest through our website. Last but not least, please enjoy your spirits responsibly. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, Salangeva. Barrel Room Chronicles is a production of First Real Entertainment and is distributed by Anchor FM and is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.